Welcome to Is There Kale in My Teeth, the podcast. I'm your host, Rifki Rubinowitz, an interior design trained lifestyle and wellness expert, mom to three girls, and editor of Mishpacha's Family Room magazine. On each podcast episode, you will meet incredible women who have empowering, entertaining, and educational messages to share with me and with you. Stick around. It's wild and it's raw, just the way we like it. Welcome to Kale and My Teeth. For any of your followers who are finding me here, my name is Rufki Rabinowitz. I am a lifestyle and wellness content creator, editor of Mishpacha's Family Room Interior Design Magazine, host of Kale and My Teeth, and I have three daughters. I have been hosting these conversations weekly for about, give or take, three years, featuring women-only, empowering conversations, ways to entertain and educate ourselves and uh, make ourselves 1% better every day. So I'm very excited to be having you on. I'd love for you to introduce yourself to any of my followers who may not know who you are. Okay, amazing. First of all, I'm so glad to be here. My name is Chevy. I am actually a fellow Canadian like Rifki. I live in Montreal, Canada. I'm a mom of three. So I have a daughter and two boys. And I am a social media strategist, so I help businesses with their social media, specifically Instagram, to create content that attracts their ideal clients, ideal followers, without it basically taking over their lives, you know, minimal time and effort for the best results. Oh, that's amazing. I love your page. And I feel like I feel like I've been following you for a significant amount of time. I've watched you grow. I've seen some of your reels go viral, see you utilize some of your own advice. So it's really cool to be on this end of things. So how did you get into this? Why do you feel like you're equipped to be able to advise in this way? And what is your skill set that makes you think that you're doing what you love? Because it's very clear that you love what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. So it's actually a really funny story. So I worked for a very, very long time in a business, a jewelry business. I loved it. I worked there for many years. Whenever we did like marketing campaigns, like for holidays, I really, really enjoyed it. Like it gave me life and, you know, getting, finding creative ways to market. I've always been very, very creative. And when I had my third, my COVID baby, I kind of turned to my husband and I'm like, this is okay. So I know in the, in the U.S. and other places, there's terrible maternity leave, but in Canada, we get like, I don't know what we're, how it is in Toronto, but where I live, we get like nine months paid maternity leave. So I turned to my husband and I'm like, okay, this is my chance. I want to do something for myself. I want to do something on my own. I don't want to go back to a nine to five job. I want to have that flexibility. Yeah, right. I have zero. I'm working all the time now. So I kind of had my baby and I like let it sit and didn't know yet what I wanted to do. Um, I was like, I'm going to figure it out. One night I had a really, really, really good friend at my house and we were like, let's start something together. What can we do that could be different, that could be unique? And we had got this like really unique idea. We're like, what doesn't exist? And we made this page about property, all about real estate. We both really liked real estate and we're like, we're going to make this page just an informative page about real estate and we're going to grow to a ton of followers and then we're going to, real estate brokers are going to want to pay us to take videos of their, pro we have this whole idea in our head and we're like, this is brilliant. And the funny thing is we killed it. Like we did such a slash to the point we had zero business plan. We had no idea how we were gonna monetize exactly, but to the point that real estate brokers where we live were getting 
upset and going around saying, who are these girls? They're not brokers. What are they trying to do? This is illegal. They're trying to steal our business. So we had a lot, a lot of fun. But what I really enjoyed from it was the growth aspect, figuring out how Instagram was working and how we can make our content as different as possible. And my friend enjoyed more the property side. And so at one point, the page was just taking a lot, a lot of time. And we we're like, she was getting a lot busier with her property stuff. And so I had people on the side who were like, oh, we really enjoy this page. Do you want to help with your content? So I was like running a few pages here and there. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take the jump and just go all in on the marketing side, which by the way, was really embarrassing because from one day to the next, I'm like, jokes, not real estate anymore. We're doing marketing now. And, but I like knew in my gut that that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I really, really enjoyed doing in building a page, the creative content and all that aspect. So I jumped into it really, really hard at first because I made a big mistake that I would never advise any of my clients to do now is that I kept the same page. But the issue is I had 2000 followers who followed for real estate and didn't care about marketing. So I did myself a really, really big disservice because they weren't engaged in my content. They didn't care about my new content. So I plateaued for a long time, but I took that time and I was like, I wanted reels had started becoming a big thing. And I'm like, I need to understand short form video content. I took a marketing course and I just analyzed and analyzed and analyzed some more. And I was like studying reels nonstop. Why did this one, like I was studying viral reels and like being like, why did this one do well? Why did this one do well? Why did this one do well? And my husband was just like, okay, this is, she's having an episode. This is another one of her, you know, phases. And I really, really studied them to the extent that I started to really understand them and to understand Instagram and how it works. And just to combine, you know, basic marketing concepts with social media. And the page started to grow, thank God. And my sister is very much in the background. She's a big part of the business. I have a sister who I work with and we were like, okay, both our brains together. This is going to be brilliant. And God, we got like in the past few months, the account grew by like, I think 14,000 followers. And I love what I do. I love it. It gives me life creating, creating reels, helping people with content ideas, finding unique out of the box ideas that other people wouldn't think of. It really, it's, I love it. So yes, I love what I do. And I'm very, very grateful that this is what I do on a daily basis. Yeah, you know what, there are a lot of marketing accounts that I either follow or that I see a lot on TikTok, you know, every single scroll is another person being like, here's yeah. how, you know, post a six second video with text overlay how you can go viral. But I think that there's nobody doing that in our community. And I think that there are a lot of business in our community who will like rely on eyes on their page in order to make that money. And so it's like an amazing thing that you're providing for everybody. So obviously if you and I, you know, we're talking about this, we jump into things like analytics and things like that. But I like to approach every single Kale in My Teeth episode through the lens of like a beginner. So I yeah. want to dial it back as much as we can. Speak to me as if I've never signed on to Instagram. So okay, let's start let's off, first of all, discussing a little bit specific to Instagram. What are the different purposes of Instagram posts, Instagram stories, Instagram reels, IGTVs, and lives? And you okay. can run through them, you know, on the Absolutely. ones that don't need so much explanation. Yeah. So IGTVs actually don't exist anymore. They're just posts that are videos. 
Okay, so posts are pretty much mostly seen by your followers. Posts are things that will be within your page. They're not really going to go out so much more. So they're the kind of things, you know, you obviously they're static, they're posts, their purpose is to sell, to connect, whatever it is. Obviously the carousel posts, which are great when you want to, you know, give more value. So then we have stories. So stories are only, only seen by people who follow you. And stories are such an incredible underrated tool for selling, for connecting to your audience. I love stories and they're only seen by your audience. Then we have lives, which are such an underrated tool. Not enough businesses, brands, um, influencers are going live often enough. They're such a great way to connect with your audience. And I've actually, time I've gone on a where I've gone live often, I've seen a huge growth in my account. Even just going live within your account is so, so good. Instagram sees you're using all the features. Great, great thing to do. And then we have Reels. So Reels is, the, to be honest, the only way to grow on Instagram right now. The only valid way if you want to grow and get a lot of eyes on your account. So Reels are short form content. They can be up to 60 seconds long. However, most of the time, people keep them between under 15 or under 30 seconds, but you can go up to 60 and they're just these quick videos. And why are reels the best way to grow? Because reels, Instagram tried to replicate TikTok's algorithm. So reels get pushed out to people who don't follow you, just to random people and they test them out and see what do people think about reels. And that really gives you the chance to reach a really, really broad audience. Yeah, I mean, as an influencer who's been here since well before Instagram pushed out reels, you know, now it's the new normal. So I'm like, I understand that it's like just the way to produce content. And sometimes I'll scroll back through my feed and I will look at the recipe that I've posted that all that it required was one shot at the end versus now where I'm setting up my tripod, making sure there's good lighting, editing the steps, creating a voiceover, writing the recipe, making sure the captions are aligned. It's maybe 47 times more work for the assumption that it is the same result. So sometimes I have a little bit of that feeling in my heart where I'm like, I just want to go back in time. But nonetheless, I, I get stuck there and I just keep pushing. But it's a shame in a certain regard. Yes. By the way, I just went closer to the Wi-Fi. So you'll let me know if it, this is any better. I don't know. Okay. If That's we see it. anything better. Okay, so absolutely, um, for what you were saying, for it, Instagram is a whole different ballgame than it used to be. It's just a different, it's a different beast. It used to be post a pretty picture, add a bunch of filters, and you're good, you're done. And now it takes a lot more effort. That's the truth. And it's, it's hard for brands, influencers, business owners, it's more work. Let's talk before we move into practical ideas about how to grow once you're on Instagram. Let's talk a little bit about TikTok versus Instagram. I committed this year, although since I would say I took time off from all social media when I was away for Payself, it's been hard to kind of get back into it. Nonetheless, I committed this year to kind of understanding TikTok a little bit. And you know, I'm still so much more at home on Instagram. I understand it. I speak a language. I almost feel like if I open up the mechanism with that, which is Instagram, I'd understand what the wires said versus TikTok, which is, you know, less enjoyable because now it's turned into a goal as the way things are. But I, I don't enjoy it as much. From a business standpoint, let's talk a little bit about TikTok versus Instagram. 
Yes, absolutely. So I noticed that you were conquering TikTok and that's what I actually love about you is you're such a like you're just you go for it and you're not afraid of change and to get onto like, you know, what you should be doing. Okay, so here's the thing with TikTok. I also have made TikTok into a goal, but I'm kind of an all or nothing person. So I told myself this summer I'm tackling TikTok because a lot of people are like, you know, just repurpose your Instagram content on TikTok, but I'm an all or nothing. So I'm not looking at TikTok till the summer. However, I do help a lot of clients with TikTok. This is with TikTok, this is the deal. Most of Instagram users are between 25 and up. Most of TikTok users are between 16 and 25. So the reality is we're getting older and right now we're the main buyers, but in 10 years, we're going to be, you know, the, the generation who is the generation that will matter when it comes to buying, they don't care about, it's kind of like the way we look at Facebook now. Right. So some of these comments on TikTok are brutal. Like you'll see, you know, if I have any of the marketing accounts that I follow on TikTok, there'll be like, why are you even giving us tips about Instagram? Instagram is dead. Like once you kind of learn TikTok a little bit, this mentality that Instagram is dead, it's almost like, I'm not here to like inspire fear, but it's like, it's really considered antiquated by like Gen Z. And for us, it's so comfortable and cozy. I know. And Instagram is doing everything they can. And personally, so I, my content on TikTok, but I, I enjoy Instagram so much more. Like I don't understand Gen Z. I love stories. I, I find TikTok very like, I love the creativity on there, but as an app, I love Instagram. But as you said, it's comfortable for us. But the reality is they're not switching over to Instagram, right? So if a business wants to have longevity, absolutely, they need to get on TikTok. So as for differences, TikTok is a lot filtered for TikTok, you got to post a lot. And that's one of the reasons why I'm like pushing it off to the summer. You got to post like three, four times a day, post, 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 post. There's no thought so much to captions, not even room for captions. So it's more, you know, just quick, quick, quick. I do think though, I don't want everyone to be like depressed because Instagram is not going away. They're actually doing a really good job of like keeping up with TikTok and making the platform better and making their algorithm, which the algorithm is like the machine behind Instagram, more intuitive like TikTok is. So I don't think Instagram is dead. And another thing that TikTokers say is it's impossible to grow on Instagram. It is possible to grow on Instagram. I grew on Instagram and I have helped many clients grow on Instagram. So it's not dead, but can dabble in TikTok as a business, as a brand. Yes, you should go for it for sure. So let's talk a little bit about, and I want to answer that question about how often to post on Instagram. But before we even talk about consistency and frequency and routine, let's talk a little bit about what you feel requirements are for all successful content creation. What does each piece of content need to have in order to speak to their audience? Basics for content creation, and this is whether you are creating on TikTok, whether you're creating on Instagram, or any future platform, right? This is basic, basic marketing for your brand. The way it works is that businesses are often, or people, anyone trying to grow their page, they get really frustrated because they're putting out a ton of content and it's not converting to anything. So as a basic, this is what a business needs. They need to know exactly who they're talking to. We hear the word niche or niche or however you pronounce it a lot. Um, what it basically means is 
am I trying to sell my product or my service to? Struggles are they having that my product or service solves? Because if you don't know that, then how are you going to sell your product to them? Why should they buy from you? So I'll use my page as an example. My ideal client is small businesses who are struggling with Instagram, right? So any small business brand, they want to grow their Instagram. They want to sell on Instagram. So once you know exactly who you're talking to, and it differs for every business or brand, you work on, okay, let's come up with some pain points. So for me, what's their pain points? They want to sell more. They want money in their pocket. They want to grow. Their account's not growing. And they want know how to create better reels. So my content pillars are literally these three pain points. I talk about real tips. I talk about Instagram growth in general, and I talk about sales. What happens is people often find, and I remember we had this chat a while ago, people often are very scared about content pillars because they're like, I want to be creative. Like, don't, don't put me in a box. You know what I mean? The beauty about content pillars, and I see it time and time again, is that creativity needs boundaries. And I'm saying this because as a creative person, when you just, you're so creative, but you don't know what your boundaries are, you're kind of just gonna like talk about everything and anything and you don't know like, oh, but I have this idea, I have that idea. And the beauty about content pillars is you can actually talk about anything, just angle it. Once a brand does that, it becomes very, very clear for anyone who comes on their page exactly what this brand does exactly how they can help them, right? So when people come on my page, they have issues with selling and real tips. And I'm giving consistently real tips, sale tips, real growth tips, real tips, sale tips. So they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is like all my issues follow. Someone just said it's still choppy. Is it choppy for you? Well, the audio is going in and out, but your face is clear. So I don't want to mess with anything anymore. I would leave it as is. And then let's hope my producer can tweak with the volume to make it um, stable. Um, so yes, this is content pillars in general, a very important basic for anyone creating content. When I say anyone, it's not just for businesses. If you want to grow your brand as an influencer, what makes you as an influencer different than other influencers? Who are you trying to attract? For example, Rifki, I feel like you're attracting people, just my opinion, who are looking for beauty, who are looking for fashion, who like you know, who like beautiful things and decor and things like that. And that is a different, someone who is sharing, you know, relatable daily life with kids. You're not yeah. sharing, you're, you know? Yeah. And so you're well, definitely, and I, I think for me, um, definitely whittling down my niche was a challenge for me, I would say a few years ago. And it was when I was building out my website that I was forced to really say, Rifki, we know you're an interior designer. We know you're into fitness and wellness and food and you're a mom and you're an Orthodox Jew and, and, and. Okay, but what's your elevator pitch? How are you going to whittle that down into three things? So I was able to say food and it was almost like, well, what's, what brings me the most joy? So I was like, okay, it's food, wellness, and lifestyle, which has just become the umbrella word for everything else. I knew that if I focused on motherhood, I was going to be asked, well, if you're a mother, why don't you show your kids? And I knew that if I focused on interior design, I was going to be getting DMs for people who want me to work for them as an interior designer, which I'm not currently doing. So I, it was hard work to kind of, and now I feel like people who have been following me long enough, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
there's also the element of like self improvement, which is like underlying in everything, which is really the origin of kale and my teeth. So yes, there are lifestyle influencers that will be showing you floral arrangements, which I do every day. But you know that when you're coming to my page, I'm going to ask you to be a little ridiculous or think or step outside the box in, in some kind of element. And that's my like perception of what I'm doing. I hope that's translating. Yes, absolutely. And I love it. You did something recently, which I loved, um, was the you're like, guys, should we make t-shirts which say not relatable? And I loved it because your content is out of the box and you're, you're extra and like own it. You know what I mean? And you built a, a brand owning it and it, it's given you really, really brand visibility that it's like, okay, this is risky, you know, like you really kind of, you're doing Instagram, right? You're doing social media, right? That's, that's what it comes down to. From an expert, <laughs> Laura asked before, how often do you recommend posting on Instagram? So let's discuss that a little bit. So I feel like actually I think people are starting to post more often. It used to be more like post twice a week. Then it went to three times a week. Then it went to every day often as you can over your life because it can get a lot and you don't want to be just putting out like content that you're just, you feel forced. For example, last week, I think, or two weeks ago, I was like, I'm going to try posting two reels a day. And what happened? Yeah, it was a lot. And what happened was on, on day three, I was like, I'm not enjoying this. Like by the second reel, I was rushing to pick up and I'm like rushing to get my reel out, my second reel out. And then I'm like, who imposed this on me? Yeah. Me, myself and I, right? So now it's like, on a day, I have something else to say and I have a second reel, I'll post the second reel. So ideally, it would be great if businesses and brands can try to post at least three times a week. Every day would be ideal. But can't post every day. Focus more on community building. And we're going to get into that soon, and which is engaging on your page, because that's where most people completely whoo, flies over their head. Yeah, I know. I remember in the beginning when everybody was starting out, we would have these engagement pods where, right. yes, you know, we would have these group chats where influencers or, you know, small businesses would say, OK, I just post comment and like to kind of boost the engagement. That's kind of fallen out of the window, off the window or whatever it is. It's funny that you started off saying that I'm so super organized because actually my approach to Instagram and to life in general is so like energetically based that I have gone through periods where I have batched content, which I do want to talk about also, and calendared myself. And I always ended up falling off the wagon because it wasn't natural to me. My whole approach to Instagram and to work is follow your intuition and do what you love, which is what you were just saying. And it sounds so fluffy, but this is literally the piece of advice that I keep coming back to in my own life because I'm not necessary. And by the way, for the record, and I say this also a lot, so forgive me if you've heard me say this before, but there are upsides and downsides to every approach and every decision. So the upside of my decision is I rarely feel burnout. I still love what I do. I've been doing this for so long because I share when I feel like I have something to say or I share when I'm currently doing something. It's never a force down. The downside is that sometimes when you have a really clear strategy, you can grow faster because you're basically leaning into what analysts are telling you. So, But I, I made the decision that I'd rather keep enjoying what I'm doing even if 
the trajectory is slower. But as a business, if you're relying on that sale, that might not be the right decision for you. So in saying that, let's talk a little bit about converting content into sales, whether as an influencer or as a small business. Okay. All right. So sales. I love talking about sales because it's something that people often turn it into something scarier than it has to be. I think we live in a time where everyone is also like, don't promote yourself. Don't just, just give value, only give free value and it'll turn into sales. So yes, it is true that the basics is we're going to get you a strategy where, as we discussed content pillars and to establish your business, even a product-based business, any type of business as an expert. So obviously giving value is the way to do that. But afterwards, sales are made through stories on Instagram and sales are made through the DMs and people don't realize that. So when I say stories, polls, talk to your audience, talk to your followers, your customers, make a poll and then strike up a conversation with them from that poll and get to know them. First of all, it's the best market research out there, like the best. And secondly, not just in your stories, everyone is so focused on growing so quickly, focus on nurturing the community that you have, the followers that you have, because you have the businesses who are like obsessing over their real views. And then you have businesses who are cashing into the bank with 200 real views because they have a sales strategy. So like people are getting lost in the rat race of like, will relate to and then get to know that audience talk to them into the DMs. And I don't mean cold sell them because that does not work. I don't think it ever worked. But I mean, just have conversations, get to know them. And that is where the sales will come. You know, after talking to them six or seven times and you get them in the conversation, you say, you know, well, I really think that my product or my service actually might be able to help you with that. Would you like to try it? You know, you get into the conversation. And that is the best sales strategy ever. Just engage with your audience. Mm -hmm. So you, we touched a little bit about content batching and strategies for content. So let's talk a little bit about the pros and cons of batching content, as well as some examples of strategies or game plans that you've given businesses to keep them consistent with their content production. You know how you mentioned that you're very um, spontaneous yourself in your content? I'm a little bit like that as well, in the sense that I kind of know my content pillars and I've, I've been doing this for a while. So I am a little bit on the fly. I shouldn't be because I'm pitching to people to be planned. Um, but here's the thing you, when it comes to Instagram, TikTok, any social media, there's the trends change very, very often. So anyone who's telling you to content batch at the beginning of the month, it's not going to work because your content is going to be old news by the time you put it out in two weeks. So what I like to tell businesses, because I know businesses or brands, people who are trying to grow their social media often have to actually make a living and they have stuff to do in their everyday life. So try to batch once a week, not don't batch for two weeks at a time because you're going to, you're going to lose on momentum. It's also, I don't know, it's going to feel stale to me. It, this is my opinion. Like how creative can you be one time for two weeks? However, what I do suggest is when businesses know their content pillars that we discussed, take some time and put 20 ideas for each pillar. Right. Do that in advance. So you have 60 ideas at any given time for your business. And then when it comes to content batch and you're like, okay, what am I posting this week? 
go and allocate this week, this, 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 and then you can go and give them creative ideas, but kind of know your core ideas, batch these quite in advance, but don't batch more ahead than one week. So for some business, you know what I do, this might work for, I don't do it on Instagram anymore, but when I committed to TikTok, I actually, I think I might even have a reel on this, but I essentially committed to X amount of trending audios, X amount of, cause my pillars, right? So X amount of lifestyle, X amount of recipes, and X amount on my ideas on life so that TikTok people can get to know me. And so I was going throughout my week and I'm too spontaneous even to batch for one week, even though your advice is so good. But as I was going throughout my week, I would check off, okay, now I've only done, I did two lifestyle TikToks. Okay, now I only have two left. So I was able to kind of keep myself accountable, but not box myself in. And so that was for my brain. So there are ways to kind of, I guess what I'm trying to say, and I say this every episode, there are ways to take the advice that works on a macro level and adjust it for your own personality. For your own personality and for your own life, right? So yeah. some people can only batch on a Sunday or on a Friday. And what you said is very good because you want to do a mix for a business, not just trends, a mix of content. And some days you want to educate people, but some days you want to entertain people. So basically that's in regards to batching. And what you said is great. Take the advice and make it work for your business because it's so easy for like people in marketing to be like batch and, and post six times a day, but it, do, it might not work for you. So take it and take what you can and use it and make it work for your business or yourself, your brand, whatever it is. Is it true when posting you need to post at the same time every day that you post? Listen, there's some truth to it. There is because the, as I explained, the algorithm, which is like the machine behind Instagram kind of gets, gets used to the time of day where you post your followers learn to expect it. So there is, there is some truth to it. I like to say as a general rule, if you can, morning is a great time to post because you give yourself kind of the day for the, the, whatever you posted to get, gain some steam. And more, more importantly than the time of day is that you should be posting at a time where you have minimum 20 minutes to be on your phone engaging with your audience. That is so, so important because if you're just going to post and bam, go on your day, you are not going to grow. You are not going to sell. You are not going to, you're not going to progress because it's a social platform. So that's even more important than the time. Yeah. The time where you have 20 minutes to post, that's the time where you should post. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now you started off in the beginning talking a little bit about how you analyze a lot of what made certain content go viral. Let's talk a little bit about what you uncovered. Okay, so viral content. So obviously viral content, you know, nobody could actually tell you this is the key to viral content. As you said, when you, at one point when I was freezing in and out that there's like four second videos of someone doing jumping jacks and it's viral and you're like, huh, what? I think there was a video on TikTok that was crazy viral. Rifki, tell me if you saw it. It's the guy, it's the song of, uh, no, you don't mean, and he just danced in the mirror. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. In, the ba- in the bathroom mirror. And it, it went gaga, and it's the stupidest video I've ever seen in my life. But there is some similarities that go into viral content. So you have to look at Reels or TikToks, whatever, whenever you're trying to create viral content, and think, okay, people are scrolling. They're scrolling nonstop. They have 
our attention spans are very low and I'm looking to stop the scroll. So how am I going to do that? So there's a few ways. First of all, getting onto trends early. By trends, I mean trending sounds, but also anything that is trending, any topic that is trending in the world. Like for example, right now, what is trending in the celebrity world? Anything that is a trend that people are discussing or you know, creating content around, that's a trend. When my account started going gaga viral was when I stopped looking for my real ideas on Instagram, I went to find them on TikTok. So I would find, because trends come to Instagram two weeks after TikTok. So if you find a TikTok trend and you're like, okay, this is a cool one, it has potential, and you find a creative way to apply it to your business, you're giving your business a head start that when this sound will eventually pick up, you're one of the only reels that are there. So people will see it, and if it's a good reel, it gets a chance to get go viral. Let yeah. me ask you this. When I started my TikTok account, within the first couple of weeks, I had two that hit like 250,000 views and quite a bit that hit well over 50,000. And they were all, I did very like Pinteresty, the Pinteresty rooms in my house. Like I knew what I was doing. I wasn't doing like the elegant spaces that I love. I was doing the like sticky um, rooms. Yeah. But the, how do you explain where sometimes something will go viral like that and I could repost the exact same thing with the same hashtags, the same audio, the same link, the same video, and it doesn't hit? On Instagram. Or whatever. Like, as a general conversation where you could be following all the ideas and, and taking the advice and sometimes yeah. amazing and sometimes the exact same thing just is a DOA. Yep. And I'm going to add to what you said. I have so many people who are like, I'm doing all the right things. I'm getting on the trends early. I'm being creative. I have a hook, which a hook, um, guys, is something like, you know, to grab attention in the first few seconds. I have a hook. I follow all the Instagram coaches. And, you know, and okay, so the answer in a general sense is not something that people like to hear because it's not a very, it's not like a fun answer because it, it takes work. And the answer is engagement. People don't realize that Instagram is 50% content, 50% engaging. So creating content is like the sexy side of Instagram, right? It's fun. I'm, you know, but what happens is people put out their content and they're like, my content is so amazing. Come at me, like it, share it, you know, save it. But it's a social platform. And engaging is so important for accounts and businesses to grow and when you put out a good video the social media whatever platform you're on they look at if it's a good video if it's an early trend if it's creative but they also look at what's the activity going on on this account when this person posts how are people reacting are they commenting do they have conversations with people in their dms what what is going on with the account as a whole? And this is where people lack because I see so many people putting out really, really beautiful, incredible content that is not getting seen because they're kind of like, my content speaks for itself. No, honey, it doesn't. You're not Kim Kardashian, you know? Let's, um, yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a really good tip. Somebody's asking a little bit about hashtag, hashtags. So there are a lot of opposing camps on hashtags. 
Some people are saying hashtags are obsolete. Uh, you know, your caption is your SEO, which essentially means that just like in Google, you could type something in, your caption acts as ways for people to find your account. Other people are saying 35, you know, hashtags are your sweet spot. What's your opinion on that? My opinion is don't waste your time stressing about them. So let me just explain. Hashtags used to be the number one way to get discovered. As Rifki mentioned, um, Instagram has moved towards SEO. So kind of like Google, your caption is your caption and your bio is your SEO. So you know the part where it says your name and about you, super, super important, should be optimized so that people should find you. Your captions are where you're gonna put keywords. So for example, you would put words such as wellness, such as fitness, such as healthy recipes in your captions. Hashtags, you can use them by all means. I use between three and five. I went viral many, many times with three to five hashtags and I don't even think about them. It's just adding extra keywords. Hashtag uh, social media growth, hashtag Instagram tips. That's literally how I plot them on. However, I do wanna say that we talked about sales and for businesses, hashtags are still very, very useful to use the other way around. If you are a fashion store in Philadelphia, go on the hashtags, Philadelphia women, Philadelphia moms, and find people in your area and engage with them. So I still think hashtags are such an underused, useful tool, actually for getting sales. Just search them and, and find people that could be your ideal clients straight, straight away. I mean, even myself, when I'm looking for a business that I have no connection to, for example, uh, I was looking for a cellist um, for a party, and I just searched, yeah, super, super specific, <laughs> as one does, and uh, <laughs> and I searched um, hashtag Toronto cellist. I found someone amazing, so you know that worked out really well for me. Um, and I always ask a brand when they reach out to me, "How did you hear about me?" I always ask. I always want to know. I always want to know. Was it? you know, through me tagging somebody else in the industry or that me being on their page or it's always nice to kind of figure out the source. Let's What's talk the most common source you get? Which is like being seen on someone else's page, you mean? What, what's the, I'm saying when you ask brands, what's the most common answer you hear? Yeah. The, Which oh, one is it? Personally? Yeah. No, there's no common answer. It's always different. It's very interesting okay. because I'm based in Toronto about 70% of my followers, maybe even a little more, are based out of New York. So my in New York, I feel like everywhere I go, I'm meeting somebody who knows me through Instagram and I get to meet them and it's very interactive and nice. In Toronto, the mainstream influencer community, which I used to be quite a bit more in integrated in, but my life has gotten so busy that I'm not attending events in the same capacity and you know, everything halted with COVID, it's not to the same degree, even though I'm based out of Toronto. So it's always very interesting. So I, when a New York company will reach out, I'm like, okay. But when a Toronto company will reach out, they'll usually say based on some kind of hashtag that I put in my caption, hashtag Toronto influencer. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So a lot of the question, see, that's so funny. Um, so a lot of the questions that came in the question box that I put in in my story were people wondering how you can grow on social if you're very private. So before I hear your expert opinion, I think this comes up every kale in my teeth. 
my and this is not so helpful if you're a small business i don't think it's more if you want to grow as an influencer you can still share who you are and what you're interested in and what value you have without sharing the minutiae of your life and i'm a testament to that um i don't think anybody who follows me knows the names of my children and yet i actually feel like you know what i care about and what's important to me very deeply. So there are ways to be able to share your ideals, your philosophies, your talent without sharing the vacation you're on in real time. So that's just my little philosophy towards it. And I do it because I enjoy I enjoy it that way. It creates a boundary for sure. But I also think that it's a really cool way to kind of see like human interaction that I really feel really close with my followers and I hope they feel close with me. And you don't actually have to know where I was for dinner last night in order to feel that way. And it's sort of my attitude towards friends also. I want to know what makes you tick in your heart and in your mind. And it's okay if you didn't tell me what you had for lunch or what your Shabbos plans are. So in saying that, that, let me turn the question over to you. Okay. So first of all, I love what you said. Um, and now that I'm like thinking about it, I'm like, Rifki, like you, you managed to share a lot without actually sharing your whole life at all you do it like i said winning at instagram okay so this is my deal i'm actually the kind of person who will like share with you what i had for breakfast lunch supper and what i'm having tomorrow i'm an overshare but on social media i am not like when i started my page i was like i did i'm it's not for me that influencer life like i really very much wanted to keep it about my business but you still have to share. And even businesses, they still have to share. People connect to a person behind. And that is something that I struggle with, especially on days where I get really, really busy to show up on stories. But I try to kind of do, I guess, what you were saying, where you can share who you are as a person without sharing your entire life. So, you know, everyone knows that I have kids, but I don't put my kids on social media. But yet again, the other day, um, I, I had a big launch, I launched a membership. And I ended up clearly I am having issues with technology these days, I ended up staying up the entire night for my first launch, because I hadn't had my technology figured out before I launched it. And, you know, I shared it because it's so classic me. And so many of my I hate like so many people in my community who, you know, of my followers, we had a conversation where they're like, most people would not share that. Like they wouldn't want you to know that they launched something and did not have their act together. But I'm like, listen, this is me. And my followers know that about me. It's like a classic Chevy move and it is what it is, you know? So kind of find it, obviously don't like write it down on a paper, but as a business or as a brand, you should share the person behind the business, but kind of know what are your no-nos and what you're comfortable with opening up about and then just share what you're comfortable with over and over again. And people will, will get to know you and they will feel like they get to know you. But at the end of the day, they won't actually know your life and you will still have your privacy and your feeling of like, okay, I'm good. I'm safe. You know? Yeah. And I think that a lot of businesses I see get stuck on a numbers that they think that they have to have a big account in order to be successful, not realizing that, for example, if you're a Toronto business and, you know, you're a, I don't know, t-shirt store, you're not going to have a huge account. You're reaching the specific Toronto community. And I also think that a lot of businesses will hold back from starting because they think that in order to be successful, you have to be a quasi-share quasi or quasi-influencer. Yeah. 
I don't actually think that's true. Going back to the t-shirt store example, you can keep producing content that shows what you are, shows um, what you sell. And I actually think it's possible to never show your face. I really do. I know a lot of women get hung up on this and this might be like a controversial opinion, but I don't need to like know who you are in order to like what you're selling me. If it's clothing, for example, or if it's a restaurant, if you're sharing all your beautiful salads all day, I'm okay not knowing who made them. Just feed me, clothe me. But to add to that, if you are not going to show a face, try to build a brand story. Yeah. So who is the brand? Tell me a story about how this recipe came up. Like not just a photo, right? But a, a story of how, you know, it was created or a story of how you designed this dress because people connect to a story. So businesses who don't want to show their face, it's doable, but work on really solidifying the brand story. That would, that's that's a would great do. point. And it's so funny because it's reminding me when Reels first started coming out, I'm really, really, really not tech savvy. So I was so frustrated. I'm like, literally all I want to do is create. I felt this way as an interior designer. All I want to do is create enough with all these computer programming. Let me just make something beautiful. And that's like, it's consistent. You know, I can't deny technology is around. So I like, you know, if people want to know how I learned everything, I literally YouTube. Like I, it's not instinct for me whatsoever. So if I can learn, so can you. But I remember something shifted in my brain when it came to reels. When I started, for example, posting, let's use a salad recipe because that's like what I'm doing right now a lot of, and, and always. And in the background, instead of just talking about the recipe or just sharing music, I would either tell a story about, like you said, how the recipe came to be, or something almost unrelated about, I don't know, dining together. And when I, I have to stop you there, because I have to tell you how I discovered you. Okay, tell me. It was a chocolate chip, a white chocolate chip cookie recipe. And in that reel, you were talking about how your husband begs you to make them. I remember the reel and how it like, it brings up in you feelings of like warmth and right. You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. And I connected to these cookies. First of all, big, like massive hit. They're my go-to when I'm having guests <laughs> or whatever. But I, right away, I'm like, I have to make these cookies because you sold me the cookies. Thank you. That's so affirming. Yeah, I don't know. I think that it's also, it's so aligned with what I enjoy doing. For example, I enjoy chatting with people and connecting with them. I enjoy making the food, but it's very easy for me to make these voiceovers. I do it once I'm done. So yeah. I was able to kind of tap into what I enjoy doing and what I'm good at and kind of synthesize it with what I hate doing, which is technology. And it clicked for me. And my friend Gitty, who's also on Instagram, I remember her sending me this DM and she goes, Rifki, something's aligning for you right now. I'm like, it feels aligned because I was able to pair what I'm good at and enjoy with what I really hate. And it felt more like me. So I think there are ways to kind of insert yourself in it, even if it's just really oppositional to what you enjoy or are good at. Absolutely. And you kind of have built up a trademark at the end of the day where you post these recipes and we hear your voice in the background. And you're always like, you know, I think you posted one today. You're like, I was taking a time out in my room and I thought of creating. So kind of businesses or brands or anyone, someone who's trying to be an influencer, just try to think of like, what's going to be my signature. And you don't have to d dig deep into like, what makes me, me, 
what do I enjoy doing? What content will I enjoy creating? And just how can I turn that into something, you know, that works kind of. It's so funny you're saying that because I always tell this to people who like ask me questions about how to get started. And I always say, just be a one trick pony. And what I mean by that is everybody now wants to talk about branding and consistency, but all you have to do is keep doing the same thing again, obviously at different like iterations, like don't take this so literally. And you just become known for that. I could literally wear the same two t-shirts back to back for the next month. And suddenly that would be, intentional in a brand instead of just somebody who's lazy to change what they're wearing. So as long as you just keep doing the same thing and with, you know, a pretty big dose of confidence, call it branding and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, side note, I just want to add something. You just touched on something that is actually the basics to social media. When it comes to Instagram or any platform, you are doing a good job. If you are repeating yourself all the time, you will feel like you are repeating yourself, but that's how the, platform picks up on what your account's about because you keep talking about the same thing the same keywords and that's how you create a brand awareness and really sell because people people need to see things many times to understand it so just create the same type of content in different ways over and over and over again and it will work ultimately the five tips to create content for somebody who wants to start and doesn't know where okay so five tips tip number one would be create 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 in the beginning you're not going to know what's going to work just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. The more you create, the better you will get at it. Nobody was born good at reels. Not one person. You, if you see my earlier reels, I keep them up there just for cringe because it reminds me that I, how much I've learned. So the more you create, the more you fail, the more you will get better at it. The second thing is learn to ignore the numbers. I cannot tell you how I wish I could go back to myself months ago and say, stop looking at real views. I had a point where I would post my reel in the morning and if the, if the views weren't doing well, it killed my day. Now I, I, just, I don't look at it anymore because first of all, you've got to look at your strategy as a whole, your business as a whole. And these things, they don't mean anything. They can pick up weeks later. Um, they can go viral weeks later. They can still get you sales with a hundred views if it's the right views. So just ignore the numbers, use them at the, at the end to like kind of analyze what worked and what did it, but don't take them personally, if that makes sense. And then my third one is if you are going to batch, try to conserve your creative energy. I see a lot of people batching and they like film caption edit and it's really hard to go from filming mode to okay now i'm writing now i'm editing now i'm saving so when you're batching kind of okay now we're filming we're doing that type of creativity so film everything and I, you have them all in your drafts and everything's a mess you should see my house after i film reels my kids are like oh mommy made videos again and i'm like yeah i'm sorry mommy made videos and then when you're like, okay, I'm in caption writing mode. So you sit and you kind of like, once you get in the writing mode, right, you're, you're in the mode. So you write some more. And then once you're in editing mode, let me just edit it all. My last very, I don't know if I hit five, but super, super important. Please, please save your reels to your camera roll. Real drafts are notoriously unreliable. They glitch all the time. And people spend so much time and hard work on their reels to lose them. So there's a button at the top. While you're editing, mid-editing, 
at the end, in the beginning, just whenever you can, save to your camera roll in case a calamity happens. Trust me, it's very, <laughs> it's very frustrating. That's a great piece of advice. That's great. Let me ask you this. Where do you see the future of social media? What's happening next? Okay, so what's happening next is obviously I'm, I, you know, to the best of what I think, I'm seeing firstly that photo content is going to become less and less relevant for brands and businesses. I know, I know, but you're, you're good. You've got, you got your real going. Other businesses though, who are still in the mode of like reels or TikToks, they're not classy for my brand. You know, they're, they're not how we want to portray ourselves. They really need to get on the wagon because short form video content is the direction that marketing is going into. And in a way, it's really beautiful because you don't have to do now these curated campaigns and get a photographer. People want to kind of just see the behind the scenes and the realness. And it's, it's easier because it's less curated, but it leaves brands and businesses feeling very vulnerable and very scary because they don't have their perfect photo shoot moments. So the future is in short form video content. I know, I'm sorry. It's funny uh, you said that about um, when I launched my first merch line, I remember we were building this house and we were in a rental. There was not one millimeter of space that provided good light and was a good background for photos. Nonetheless, I remember my kids were hammering on the door the whole time. I set up my tripod, I tried everything on and I just took a bunch of pictures. I edited them. I'm not good at editing. I shouldn't say I'm not good. I don't care to spend time on it because I'm all about just produce. So I edit through Instagram, just, you know, take down the warmth, all of that good stuff. Nonetheless, I um, edited through Instagram and I went up to Canva and I removed the background. So I was like standing on a white background and I uploaded them to my website. And anybody, you guys can go look now. I think everything is sold out. So there's probably no photos up on the shop tab. But if you do want to, you'll see them. And now you understand a little bit of the chaos that was going on behind the scenes. But I remember one of my friends who's constantly reinvesting into her business by spending money on photo shoots. It's not how I want to spend my money on my business. But her photos and her feed are stunning. And she's like, Rifki, why don't you come use like my studio next week? Like I have a free hour, just come and use it. And she thought she was offering me a favor, which is really nice of her. And I'm like, babe, uh-uh-uh, this is intentional. This is what I, how I want to do it. I could have gotten a photographer if I wanted to, but I actually think about what I like seeing. And it's really just almost like underproduced content where you can kind of actually imagine the chaos behind the scenes. And if she's wearing that sweatshirt while her kids are banging on the door, I want him also. And it didn't happen in the moment, but it was almost like organically where I realized, no, this is what I produce. This is what I prefer is what I need. Yeah. Someone just said they took two pages of notes. That makes me so happy. That's that all. Cool. And I want to add something onto what you said, which is really amazing. But if you think about it, for if this is how you are as a person, then it works for you. But for brands and businesses, let's say your friend, it's a very scary thing because beautiful photos and photo shoots is very easy to hide behind and be like I did I did my job but now when it's more curated and all brands are showing behind the scenes and these fun things it's like oh my gosh I, I really gotta gotta get moving and get creative you know yeah so I understand well, here. for sure I think this is going to be my last question so for anybody who's watching you can kind of wrap your head around that but it's funny because I used to be super specific about how my feet looked and much like everybody else 
I kind of just started caring less and less. And, you know, my feed was my, my look and my brand was very saturated rainbow photos. And that's still kind of what I do. But over time, you know, I do these lives all the time. So very often the cover photo doesn't work, yada, yada. Nonetheless, which seems to be the word of, of this live. I, and I spoke about this a lot of my stories, but I was very resistant to posting photos of my house and my designer was starting to post photos of the house. So, you know, my husband kind of explained to me, they're going to be out there, you know, might as well put them on your feed. And so my designer who recently, her own page has like exploded in the past few months and like something that I haven't seen in years. I was, I was telling her, I was asking her, we were talking a little bit about Instagram and I said, look at my page. Let's assess each other or whatever. She's like, Rifki, like your feed used to be so gorgeous. Like you're going to be posting these house photos. People are going to come follow you or look at your page. Like You got to give them that you have a one second preview where they're going to decide if they want to follow you or not. So in that moment, I'm like, my God, I remember when I used to feel that way. It is your portfolio. I got to get back there. And so I started posting a ton of like almost my old photos, getting back to that really almost curated feed. Yeah. Or like specific to me and I don't care for it. It's really good advice. It's very valuable advice, but it doesn't work for me in this season. And if I was so focused on following that good advice, instead of utilizing what works for me in this season, then I would just stop posting entirely. So I guess it's just, I'm here to kind of give you almost like that philosophy perspective on it, which is you got to figure out what works for you, your personality and the season that you're in. And saying that, how important is it to have a really beautiful feed right now? Based on what you said before, it doesn't matter as much. Okay, so this is a deal. It depends your which business. For your interior designer, she needs a beautiful feed, right? She's selling beauty. She's selling interiors. I'm not going to hire an interior designer whose feed looks no good. But for it's most industries don't need. Fashion pages, again, when you're selling like beauty, then you should try to really just, you know, have it. But for definitely service-based businesses, couldn't care less. And product-based businesses, try, but like also put in that spontaneous content. So try to have a mix. Because anyways, you are going to do a photo shoot, right? You're getting your pieces on your website. So have those beautiful photos. But people do like to see originality. Um, I know you said it was the last question, but a few people asked about giveaways. Okay, what are your thoughts on giveaways? Are you, um, you I fluctuate. I remember the first one that I joined, I was embarrassed. And I almost felt like apologetic to my followers. Like I remember writing a whole caption about it. My philosophy now, it, it goes in waves. While I recognize that very often giveaways lower your engagement, sometimes I have found like the best followers through giveaways. And the way that my approach is that if I can look in the mirror and I know I am working very hard at producing good content, consistent content that's on brand and that's doing or checking off my goals and I'm finding it hard to grow, that's beyond my control. That's because of the difficulty of the landscape of social media in 2022. 100% I am comfortable utilizing a leg up to get more eyes on my page. So that's like kind of the season that I'm in right now. Would I ever use it as a way to be lazy? Never, never. Yeah. But if I know that what I'm doing is aligned with my goals and um, I can get more of my community to find me, I'm all for it. 
Okay. I'm not a fan of giveaways. I knew you'd say that. I'm not. I'll tell you, I think in our community specifically, they might not be the worst thing because it's people who would naturally already be interested in right. your content. I will say though, I think if people do do giveaways, uh, an interesting take that I think the general giveaways that keep going around should try to do is, I know everybody wants to get followers, but a, a, it, a giveaway done right would be more that people should engage instead of following. But I know no one's paying for that type of giveaway if they're not getting you know, a lot of followers. Mm -hmm. The problem is that someone who is, I've, I've followed people for giveaways before, right? Happens to be some of them, as you said, I did discover. And I was like, oh, they're actually really cool. But a lot of them just went to the bottom of my list and I never engaged with them or ever saw them again, even though I'm still following them because I didn't choose to follow them. I didn't land on their page and be like, oh, wow, I love, I love your content, you know? But it's a personal choice at the end of the day for a business or an account. Yeah, and I think, I think for me, like why I love the question is because everywhere you go in life, there's this moral high ground or a self-righteousness or passing of judgment or a very binary way of thinking. And just like as in life, social media is a like microcosm of the interactions we have in our real lives. So yeah. I've seen a lot of accounts that you know are fire and brimstoning against giveaways and while i agree with a lot of what they say i think the reason that it's like such an important question where i feel one way and you may feel another none of us are like on a black or white way of thinking and i think that that's really what's important where you end it off if it works for you that's great if it doesn't work for me for you that's also great and that's kind of how i feel there are some seasons where i won't touch it and there's some seasons yeah. where i need that light up and all of it is okay and there are some seasons where your feed looks aesthetic and some where they don't right. and it's okay it is, what it is it is what it is so thank you so much for being on for anybody who, no you were great for anybody who wants to find you later please tell us what's next for you and where we can find you Okay, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Rifki. And I'm so sorry about all the my my tech issues. Okay, so I actually, if you need help with your business, like one on one, I offer strategy sessions for to discuss specifically your strategy. And I also last week, as I mentioned, I stayed awake the whole night because I launched something called the real roundup, which I'm super, super excited about. It's pretty much every week, all the members get an email on Fridays with seven audios for them. So trending audios that are early trends for them to use along with like tutorials and ideas for them, as well as specific ideas for their business. So it's really good for busy businesses who are like, hey, I know I need to create reels, but I don't have time to research them. So I do the research for you. I give you the ideas and you just get it in your inbox and you can batch over the weekend and you're good to go. So that's been really exciting. It was a great launch. It's amazing. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, I I'm spontaneous like you. You know, you were saying spontaneous. I woke up on Monday and I'm like, I'm launching it today. And I ignored everything else and I just did it all. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on now. And I hope to create a course, but that's eventually. And yeah, this has been so nice. Thank you so, so much for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. This is like bucket list moment. I'm not joking.
Well, honestly, you killed it, girl. You are amazing at what you do, and I love watching you grow. So thank you so much for being on, and good night. Bye, guys. Good night. Thanks for joining. Good night. And that's all for today, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Listen, if you've enjoyed this episode, I would love if you subscribed. And if you're really next level vibing, leave me a positive review so we can keep the circle of positivity going. Of course, you can find our guest's information in the show notes and find more of me on my Instagram and website at Rifki Rabinowitz and RifkiRabinowitz.com. Have a good one, okay? Stay cool.